Here's what's coming up on today's show. Some people, it's just not going to be worth it. It's not going to, like I say, move the needle as much, but it is nice to have a little chunk of someone's portfolio making a pretty decent fixed interest rate. Let us help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for your retirement elevated. It's another edition of Your Retirement Elevated. Walter Storholt here alongside Scott Dugan, and we've got a great episode for you today. We're going to be talking about a couple of different topics that have been popular the last couple of months. Inflation, I-bonds, lots of questions pouring into the office about those, and lots more to get to as well. Scott, I hope you are well, my friend, and enjoying uh, this midsummer podcast recording day. Absolutely, and the fact that I'm in the air conditioning makes it even more palatable. <laughs> that's right. Scott was bragging about his new dehumidifier that's making life much easier on him as well to make it through these hot summers. That's fantastic, my friend. It's a nice addition. My <laughs> friends uh, over at Polestar HVAC Plumbing Heating, they uh, took care of me and got me a dehumidifier when they upgraded our system. So it's been a awesome. nice addition. Look at that. A little free shout out to Polestar. That's right. So that's awesome. Uh, well, looking forward to chatting with you about everything on the show today, Scott, and uh, diving into this. And I-bonds, inflation, uh, tell us what's going on. What kinds of questions are you getting in the office? And uh, break all this down for us. Well, one of the ways that I do pick topics for the podcast is really from client questions or interactions. And I can tell you over the past probably three to four weeks, the I-bond conversation has really popped up. Uh, so it must be out there in the, in the media because of where the rates are. So that, you know what, if I've had more than four people ask me about this, it's probably time to do a pros and cons of I-bonds and kind of in the essence of summer, why they're such a sweet treat right now. So we'll, we'll dive into that and talk about some other opportunities that are out there for what we call, uh, sleepy or lazy money. Uh, talk of ice cream always gets the tummy rumbling a little bit on this end of things here, Scott. So I'll try and uh, you know keep my attention on the episode today, but you've already got me thinking about other sweet treats and not yes, so much in the I-bonds world. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, like you said, a lot of excitement about it. Um, according to a recent Wall Street Journal article, uh, the annual interest payments of 9.6% are out there. You heard that right, 9.6%. 9.6, okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, this is an extraordinary good return for an investment with so little risk. And when I mean risk, it's backstopped by the federal government. So that's what I mean by little risk. And they're proven to be very popular. So if you look at the stats, over the last six months, almost $11 billion in I-bonds have been issued. And that is compared to $1.2 billion issued during the same period in 2020 and 2021. All right. So what does this lead you to think as you kind of see these adjustments happening this year compared to those previous years? Well, obviously, the the return component of this is tied to inflationary rates. Now, we're going to talk about historically why they've not been popular, uh, why they are currently popular, and you know, talk about the good things, but we'll also kind of go into what uh, what are the cons of it? Because with everything, there's no nothing that's perfect. 
there's always going to be good and bad and what we call the strings that are attached to anything. We just need to make sure that the strings that are attached, we can handle them and it fits into our overall plan. And so, you know us, we don't like to talk about individual products per se, uh, but this is a, a time where we're going to dive into it, a specific investment instrument and go give you a deep dive, give you a crash course basically of, of the pros and cons or I-bonds 101. It's what we like to call it. All right. So if you've ever wanted to know anything about I-bonds, we're going to hit it all on today's show. It, when I think I-bonds, Scott, can I think at first, you know, bond? Like what, how should we kind of like first approach understanding these? Yeah. So definitely, um, you know, bonds are fixed income investments you're basically loaning money often to a government entity with a specified terms for interest payments and time horizon. So when you purchase a bond, you know exactly what you're going to get in return with an I bond an I bond is a specific type of bond issued by the U S treasury and I bonds are designed to protect your money from losing value due to inflation. Like we are experiencing right now. And the bond, this I bond pays both one, a fixed rate that is set by the treasury and two, an inflation adjusted rate that is determined by the rise and fall of inflation, specifically the CPI or consumer price index. And so those are the two components that are generating right now, this 9.6% rate of return. So how do those returns work? So Walter, when you purchase an I bond, you are in essence loaning the government money at a specified rate of return for the first six months. So again, that rate is declared for a six month period. And so the treasury sets rates for I bonds returns twice a year on the first business day in May and in the first business day in November. And the rate of return is a composite rate. Again, a combination of the fixed and inflation adjusted rates. That's why they're becoming popular because the fixed rate, like many fixed rates have been low, but now that the inflation component is kicked in, that's why they're becoming attractive and why more and more people wanna know about I-bonds and how they work. So with that, for the first six months after your I-bond purchase, you'll earn that rate offered on the date of purchase. And that rate will adjust every six months thereafter. So bonds issued in January would be reset January 1 and July 4th. Bonds issued in February would be reset February 1st and August 1st. Okay. Now we're kind of jumping around, but there, there's great resources on the treasury.gov website. Uh, but I really want to give you the highlights of the basics of how you get these things because it's not like we're going out and getting an I bond and that interest rate's going to be guaranteed for the entire time. You know, that's, that's not the case for sure. Okay. Is this like a, kind of an, an all good news thing here? Or are there some pros and cons to these, these I bonds? Definitely pros and cons. And first I'll cover the, the pros. There's quite a few cons listed as well, but mostly they're about convenience. But however, the pros are significant for the right uh, situation. So number one pro is high returns. You know, currently holders of I bonds are earning higher returns than most performing interest bearing vehicles uh, without risk. And I bond returns are massively higher than other low risk saving vehicles like high yield savings accounts, CDs, 
also known as certificates of disappointment. Uh, so they are better from a return standpoint. All right. Uh, number two pro is no risk to the principal. Again, these are backed by the federal government. As long as the federal government's solvent, there's virtually no risk of principal loss inside of an I-bond. And number three pro would be tax benefits. Uh, I-bonds do have some flexible tax benefits. For example, if you're an I-bond holder, you can opt to defer I-bond interest until maturity or redemption. So when it comes due or when you cash it in to get it. Uh, and income from an I-bond may be tax exempt for lower and middle income families if you use the bond to pay for college tuition. All right, so those are three very strong pros uh, that you may want to look at. Um, now I want to spend some time talking about the cons because actually the we have three of the pros and actually there's there's a multiple of that on the con section. So you have to always look at both sides of the coin on this. Okay, let's take us through the uh, the cons then. What are we looking at there? Number one, you can't dump all of your money in I-bonds. So each person can only purchase up to $10,000 worth of I-bonds annually, plus another $5,000 with your tax refund, if applicable. Okay, so you're limited about how much money you can put in there. So this isn't the kind of investment people are putting hundreds of thousands of dollars into. Yeah, it's just, just not allowed. Okay. You know, there, there's limitations for sure. Another con would be must be purchased through the Treasury. Uh, you can only purchase I-bonds directly from the treasurydirect.gov website. Uh, now, there's instructions on there on how to set it up and just purchase, like from your bank account. Uh, also, instructions on how to purchase with your tax refund. It's a minor con. Um, when I did this uh, earlier in the year, and I walked a few clients through it, you just need to have the proper information that they ask for uh, that's right there on the website and be a little savvy to be able to link your checking account and do all those things with it. So along with that, you know, the buying process can be uh, problematic. You know, the, the website, again, uh, it's not the greatest website, the treasury.gov. But really, it's more about navigating and taking your time to get through it. So again, pretty minor con in my, uh, my opinion. One of the things that you definitely have to be able to do is document and track your purchase. You know, so they're not sold by banks or brokerages. Uh, you're not going to get great reporting tools. Uh, you need to carefully print your paperwork and keep track of the investment itself. They are definitely well-hidden assets, uh, real, real good paper trail that comes with them. And so you've got to be meticulous about your paperwork and accounting for that. You know, a big con, and I would say this is probably one of those that are what I call move the needle type of things. You need to document the IBON carefully for estate purposes. And so it is definitely up to you to document your IBON as part of your overall portfolio. And for estate planning purposes, you got to be sure that your heirs know how to access the fund because uh, that's very important. And you definitely want to be careful to think about beneficiaries before you decide to plunk the whole 10000 down into that. And so an example of you know, someone's single but has two kids, usually you're going to have a 50-50 split on the beneficiary accounts. Now, on this, you can only name one pay-on-death beneficiary if you've already created the deposit. So this year, um, in that example, you would have to name one of your children on that I-bond. The next year, you'd have to do it on the other name, the other child. And so, again, that's if you've done it after the set up the deposit. 
Um, but in a perfect world, ideally, you want to break up your deposits to match with each beneficiary. And so ideally, it would be $5,000 deposit and another $5,000 deposit for your 10000 total. That way, one child gets the one 5000 and the second child gets the other 5000 So again, it's about record keeping, just limitations on beneficiary designations. You just want to make sure that, again, it's documented. Like with our clients and our planning software, we have entries for the I-bonds. And so if something were to happen to our clients, we've got those records and can point the family in the right direction. So far, it seems like the cons are mostly just amounting to annoyance factors, like just tracking and those kinds of things. Yeah, so not a real, no real big issues. One that you need to definitely be thinking about is called limited liquidity. And you know, I-bonds must be held for at least one year. And so really, there's a 12-month commitment. And after that, I-bonds redeemed after less than five years are penalized for the last three months of earned interest. And so, so if it's within the first five years and you cash it out, you're going to have a three-month interest penalty. Now, there's a caveat to that. If you're a victim of some type of disaster, they will waive that. Um, but you've got a one year for sure, and then first five years, there's a penalty. And now the term of an I-bond is 30 years. And so they are generally considered to be a longer term investment for people. Uh, another con, you cannot purchase an I-bond with assets inside of a retirement account. So no 401k, IRA, Roth IRA, nothing like that can be done. And for some people, the hassle of opening an account that is, I don't want to make light of $10,000 or $20,000 per household. Uh, but sometimes the complexity of having those external accounts, not having great reporting, you know, not being able to see everything aggregated together. That's what's led some people to not do it. Uh, and then they think, you know, Hey, interest rates can change. Is inflation going to last forever? You know, I don't know the answer to that, but again, we're talking about, you know, in essence, $10,000 per family member, you know, husband and wife, so $20,000. Yeah, you're going to you know, earn some good interest um, as long as these rates stay up there. And so if it's a perfect example, I've got a client, they had $175,000 in their, between their checking, money market, and savings. And obviously, we all know that those aren't paying very well. So I said, well, do you need the $20,000. If you take that $20,000 out of there and you're left with the remaining balance, is that going to be enough for a cushion? Oh yeah, absolutely. I said, okay, well that makes sense then. Um, let's just make sure we do the beneficiaries correctly, park that money over there. We'll keep track of it on our site and they're very organized as well. And so again, some people, it's just not going to be worth it. It's not going to, like I say, move the needle as much, but it is nice to have a little chunk of someone's portfolio making a pretty decent fixed interest rate. Yeah, it's good points uh, kind of across the board there, Scott. And uh, it just comes down to the individual, it sounds like, of what's it worth it to you to have these little hedges, these little extras that might benefit you into the future. And uh, I'm sure for some of your clients, the answer is, yeah, let's do it. And for others, they're like, yeah, let's not not worry about it. Is that uh, is it kind of a 50-50 thing for the people that it gets brought up for and they're a good fit for this? I think so. And it, it it's going to be dependent on the overall plan. You know, that, that's what it comes down to because, again, you're, you're using liquidity or liquid money. And so perfect examples of you have a CD coming due, 
Uh, you know, it's an on IRA, you've got cash, money market, checking, savings, not really working for you, then yeah, it makes sense to maybe put it together, you know, put all this and earn that interest rate. Uh, but just remember that the reason that I bonds are paying such a high return is inflation. And right now, inflation is definitely an overall disadvantage. That's why I-bonds are so attractive because they're helping you keep up with it. The problem is it's a very tiny portion of a lot of our clients' nest egg that's going to be doing that. Um, but again, if we can tweak things and look forward to the future and ride the wave as long as you can, as long as inflation's there, then I think it, it makes sense to, to put a portion of your assets over there uh, and do it. And again, the downside from our perspective and our client's perspective is that you've got to do this on your own. Uh, you've got to go to the treasurydirect.gov. You've got to set up an account. Uh, there'll be two accounts for husband and wife, and you've got to link your bank account uh, and then make the deposit. Other than that, once you've done that, it's fairly simple to save your login and password and be able to log in and see uh, see the account that's opened up. So, and with that, you know the the I bond uh, scenario. Well, people say, well, okay, well, I've, I, what if I put that ten thousand in per person? That's twenty. Well, now what do I do with my my sleepy money. And I know Walter, you've heard a lot about that over the last sure. <laughs> long time. Sleepy, lazy, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like seven dwarves sounds like. Yeah, the seven right. dwarves I like money. that. I like that. Yeah. That's good. And so the other side of inflation, uh, if you're looking at guaranteed rates, now banks are not keeping up and rising as quickly uh, with other instruments out there. Obviously bonds have been affected uh, by the interest rate hikes. Uh, one strong sector right now is something called a multi-year guaranteed annuity or MIGA for short, M-Y-G-A. And again, we normally don't talk specific products or strategies, but I just looked at the numbers this morning and a MIGA or multi-year guaranteed annuity, it's almost, think of it as a a bank has a CD, which you put a deposit at the bank. The bank gives you a set interest rate for a set period of time. And at that time, they allow you to get your money back. Okay, that's, the, that's what you're doing when you put money into a CD to bank. You're loaning the bank money, and they're using that money, and, but they're guaranteeing some terms. Uh, and I-bond is the same thing. A multi-year guaranteed annuity works that way. You're loaning money or giving money to an insurance company. They're saying, we're going to protect it. We're going to grow that money. We're going to grow it tax deferred, which is a nice benefit. And you're having access to the money. So you can take out interest or 10% per year. And at the end of the term, you can take it out and do something else with it or leave it in there if the interest rate's good. And so that's the other place that people are looking at for you know, money that's sitting on the sidelines, trying to put it to work. And as long as they have a, you know, a three to five year time frame with it, you know, those multi-year guaranteed annuities may make sense. Right now you're looking at a three year, uh, you're in the 4% range guaranteed for three years. Uh, on a five year, you're looking at a, about a 4.25% interest rate. So four and a quarter. So to me, uh, those are some attractive options in certain settings uh, where people want to have safety of principle. Uh, they want respectable growth that they can count on. 
and they have some tax deferred control over the interest, meaning they don't pay taxes on it until they take the money out. That is another area where we're seeing a lot of interest with clients. Uh, just to put some money that's on the sidelines, put it to work. And on top of that, if someone is, isn't as safety focused, uh, we are seeing cash that's on the sidelines being put to work and buying some things in the markets that are really on sale right now. Uh, so again, we're always trying to find ways to maximize the portfolio, gain every advantage we can. And today looking at I bonds for a chunk of money, you know, obviously a small chunk of money can be, can happen. Uh, you can only do it with, with non IRA money with a, multi-year guaranteed annuity or MIGA. Uh, you can use IRA or non-IRA money, so it doesn't matter where the money comes from, and you get a fixed rate of return. Like I said, you know, 4% for three years is not bad right now compared to a CD. Uh, or if you can handle the risk and the volatility, you know, buying some stocks that are on sale, that may be a, a, a winning strategy for a piece of that for the right individual. Well, I love the very beginning of the show where you kind of compared this to the ice cream treat, uh, Scott, because it is kind of the perfect comparison, right? Like these I-bonds aren't going to be somebody's main course in their retirement plan, but they can be a nice little treat, nice nice little addition, a little dessert to uh, kind of sweeten the deal a little bit. So. Absolutely. For, for those who, you know, but there might be some people who are lactose intolerant or just not enjoy the flavor of ice cream that's being served. And those might be the folks who these I-bonds won't be a great fit for, but uh, they're an option for some folks out there to, to use for their dessert in their retirement meal, if you will. So I love it. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're, we're just out here trying to keep everyone educated um, because there's a, even the conversation that I've had with people, it was the interest rate that was attractive to them but they didn't have a lot of detail about how everything else worked. And so that was the real, the real impetus for today was I want to explain the pros and the cons. And so when you are, you know, having lunch with friends or, you know, having dinner with family, you can be informed and potentially correct some bad information <laughs> that, that may be out there. Absolutely. Well, a very educational episode today. And if you have more questions about these kinds of things, I-bonds, uh, interest rate uh, fixed products or uh, rate fixed products or uh, annuities like we touched on a little bit today. I know there's a whole world that we can uncover on that side of things. Uh, just so many things to discuss. And so if you need some help diving into these things in your own financial and retirement plan, reach out to Scott by calling 913-393-4724 or go online to listen to scott.com where we have more episodes and great information for you there. And you can always find the dis, uh, in the description of today's episode the right contact information to get in touch with Scott. Scott, thanks for the breakdown on the episode today. Enjoyed it, and uh, we'll have another episode on the docket soon. Sounds great. All right, check us out. Uh, new episodes two each month right here on Your Retirement Elevated. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Investment advisory services offered through Elevated Capital Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.